0: with Wings Productions presents Chapter 34 of the Skylark Bell Skydive. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In last week's episode, we finally got answers about the mysterious disappearance of a child on the outskirts of Carnifex Land that Magpie had a vision about in Book 2, Wingspan. In today's episode, we read Chapter 34, Shelta in which Farfalla has an unexpected encounter that will stop her in her tracks. Today's podcast partner is fellow BUPOD Network member Paranormal Exposed. You may recognize the name from our past collaboration about haunted objects, released for Halloween of 2022. Paranormal Exposed takes a look at eerie and unexplained events from a skeptic's point of view. Be sure to check the show notes for a link to their show. Now it's time to settle in, grab a blanket and a warm drink, and let's get started. She stopped asking for her parents after a few weeks. The first morning she woke up whimpering a bit, but I had Rue take her for a stroll and the distraction was just what she needed. I provided more sweets and a warm meal, then sang her to sleep. The second morning, she woke up crying again. This time, I coaxed a rabbit into her tent. She couldn't resist the soft, sweet creature and spent the rest of the week cuddling and talking to it. Things kept on like this for a while. Luckily, I had several tricks up my sleeve. Eventually, she grew attached to me. I rocked her to sleep most nights and sang her Audrey Torturo's French lullaby. When she grew older, I taught her to cook, to sew, to build a shelter, cut firewood things I felt she would need in life. She made the most beautiful dresses and coats and became quite adept at foraging for food and creating delicious meals for us. The years went by in the blink of an eye. Before I realized what was happening, she became a teenager. I didn't want to admit to myself that it would soon be time to let her go. I had grown to love her almost like a daughter. But I would often find her pining for love, companionship, and pierce her own age. It wasn't fair for me to deny her that joy. I questioned myself daily whether the time was right. Then one day, fate stepped in. We were walking along the beach. I stopped to look out at the ocean, my mind always turning to Elizabeth. Shelta continued on, collecting seashells into her hand-woven basket. She had taken to making jewelry out of them. I stared at the rolling waves dipping my toe in the sea, hoping those specific drops of water would someday grace the shores on the other side of the world where, perhaps, Elizabeth would encounter them. Suddenly, Shelta cut into my daydream with an excited shout. Look, look what I found, she called, waving her arms at me. My heart stopped when the object in the sand came into view. All these years later, the Skylark Bell. Shelta picked it up and turned it over in her hands. I stood frozen in shock. Of course, I still have the bell I created during my time at the Druid encampment, the one whose powers were forged that fateful night when the tribe was decimated and the ancient oak was burned. But I never expected to see this bell again, the one that flew off the cliff with me that day, then sank with me into the sand at the bottom of the ocean before slipping from my hands. "'How old do you think it is?' Shelta had asked." her voice filled with enthusiasm. I told her it looked like an ancient artifact, perhaps even from druid times. I knew then what I needed to do. The bell would protect her. It was time to let her go. The process was gradual. I cautiously guided her to places and times where she would encounter the right kind of people so she could re-enter the world. Finally, one day she announced she had met a man who owned an antique shop, and they had fallen in love. I wouldn't see Shelta again for years. There were others, many others. I found some at the beach, some in the fields, some by the woods. Each one plucked from a different time than returned to a time other than their own, so as to keep my mystique intact but always ensuring they would continue their lives safe and happy. After Shelta, I crafted a special elixir that I would administer on the children's last day with me so they would forget our time together. The last vanishing was Charlie. He was a friend of the boy who lived at Carnifex House, the caretaker's son. After Charlie left, I took a break. I hadn't found myself alone for several years, "'and I took some time to revisit my life. "'My thoughts always went first to Elizabeth, then to Marius. "'I bathed in it for years, "'the endless circle of Elizabeth and Marius, love and broken hearts. "'Then, one day, I saw him. "'Farfalla stands frozen in place at the edge of the woods.' She blinks several times, unable to believe her eyes. Walking through the fields of Carnifex House on the back of a black horse with a white mane and tail is Marius. She watches as he awkwardly coaxes the huge animal in figure eights, then practices stopping and going a few times. Eventually, he turns and heads back toward the paddock. Farfalla stays at her post until darkness sets in unable to comprehend what she has just seen. How could Marius be here, now? Marius would be a hundred and twenty years old by now. The scene she witnessed today is an impossible one. Farfalla spends the next few days observing the Carnifex fields from the edge of the forest. Sure enough, she sees Marius and Cormorant riding through the tall grass the wind blowing those familiar dark curls. She's run her fingers through that hair countless times. She would recognize it anywhere. On the fifth day, Farfalla sees something that makes her heart sink. Once again she sees Marius and Cormorant, but this time they are accompanied by a woman on a dark bay mare. As the woman approaches, Farfalla's breath catches in her throat. It's almost as though she is staring at a younger version of herself. She watches as they talk and laugh. She sees the way he looks at the woman. The depth of his love for her is evident. On the breeze, she hears the woman call him Lucas, and her brow furrows. She's certain she is looking at the same man, and not a descendant or relative. Why is this woman calling him Lucas? A moment later, he responds by calling the woman's name. Magpie. Each echo of the word inside Farfalla's head feels like a nail being hammered into her heart. Magpie. The very first time they met, when he glanced up and saw her in the apple tree, the first word out of his mouth was magpie. Now Farfalla understands why. He thought she was this woman. A wave of painful comprehension washes over Farfalla. Marius hasn't met her yet. Somehow, some way, he will travel back to her youth and they will meet and fall in love. Then he will disappear. But perhaps it doesn't have to be this way. Perhaps she can change things. Farfalla turns and walks swiftly back to her forest home ready to set her plan in motion. She keeps an eye on him from a distance, waiting for the right moment. Finally, one day, she hears him tell Magpie he and Cormorant are going for a long ride. Farfalla ponders how she can possibly send Marius to 1920's pocket. It dawns on her suddenly that she needs the Skylark Bell. Not hers, but the old one the one Shelta found on the beach. Shelta's husband passed away shortly after they were married, but she has carried on with the daily task of running the antique shop. Shelta is an old woman now, and she is startled when she sees Farfalla looking the same as she did decades ago. Farfalla strikes a deal with her. Shelta will receive a trunk full of antiques and relics, and in exchange she is to give the Skylark Bell to the young man with the dark curly hair. Shelta agrees with little hesitation. She still feels a deep nostalgia about her time with Farfalla, despite all the years they've been apart, and the additional merchandise will help her shop stay afloat. The first part of the plan put in place, Farfalla heads back to the forest to speak to Rue. She instructs him to lead Marius into the forest. She will take care of the rest. Farfalla is on pins and needles the rest of the day. Finally, the sun begins to set, and she watches from a distance as Marius walks into the antique shop. He exits quite some time later, and he and Cormorant begin ascending the winding hill that leads to the top of the cliff above Pockage, Rue races onto the road as instructed, and Marius follows him back into the woods. Now it is Farfalla who has a role to play. She follows Marius and Cormorant as they walk the winding path in the woods. Finally, they come to the arch. She sees him hesitate, but he eventually moves forward. Farfalla waits for the precise moment Marius and Cormorant are under the arch then begins to sing the song of the oak tree. She watches as he looks around, an expression of uncertainty on his face. The breeze picks up, swinging the trinkets she attached to the arch back and forth. The metal spoons, cups, and bells collide and create a cacophonous symphony. Farfalla begins to sing more loudly, and she feels the elements shift. She sees Marius squeeze his eyes shut before, just a moment later, he simply disappears. Farfalla heaves a sigh of relief. Now the next step is to warn her younger self, to prevent Marius from ever disappearing. She isn't entirely sure how to go about it, but she will find a way. She and Marius will be together, no matter what it takes. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Chapter 35, Roadblocks, in which Farfalla learns that her powers as Dialanji do have limits. The Skylark Bell is brought to you by Phaeton Starling Publishing and features original music by Canal. If you are enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. You can also support my work by subscribing to Patreon or Ko-fi, where you get early access to episodes, as well as digital downloads of the music, artwork, behind-the-scenes videos, and so much more. You can also find the Skylark Bell exclusive merch on my website, theskylarkbell.com. Just check the show notes for all necessary links. Once again, thank you for listening. I'm Melissa Oliveri. Writer, host, and producer of the Skylark Bell Podcast.